once you realize in life, you know, that a lot of times there's some good that comes from bad things, you know, when bad things happen, you have a different approach to it. It doesn't affect you as much. I would say that's my strength is getting people out of the victim, poor me mindset and getting them more into the conqueror can do mindset that's needed for a lot of aspects of life. You're listening to the Expertish podcast. Be sure to head over to iTunes or Spotify and tell Jay what you thought about this episode. Expertish is where you can learn how to invest from those who have, those who are, and have some fun along the way. Are you ready to start? Welcome to this episode of Expertish Podcast. Today, my good friend Chris Keith is with us. Chris, how's it going? Fantastic. Awesome. Good to see you as always. Yeah, good to see you, Jay. I'm so excited. Yeah, last time we got to catch up, it was pouring down rain in San Diego and we had a little coffee stand with no cover. So yeah. that's dedication to a friend catch up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We'll all endure anything with you, my friend. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Well, Chris is a personal trainer and I, I wouldn't even say personal trainer. It's just like, I don't even know. What would you, how would you categorize it, man? You've rehabbed me, you've trained me. I've seen what you've done for a million other people, but, uh, Yeah. I mean, I I would say that's my primary uh, job as a personal trainer, but I would say that I've done gym consulting. I've done, uh, I've set up in-home gyms. I've done uh, strictly nutritional counseling. Uh, Sometimes I'm the marriage counselor. Sometimes I'm the accountant, uh, the real estate advisor. Uh, You know, I wear a lot of hats, uh, but primarily for a personal training. Right. And I mean, that's a good point too. I think it is a little bit of an all around like nutrition, personal training. It just, that encompasses so much, but I kind of was uh, smiling when you were saying like marriage counselor, accountant and all that stuff, because I used to always call it like therapy when I come there because it was an hour that I was away from everything else. So it's whether it's venting or doing stuff, which you're still getting your workout on while kind of venting your stuff or bouncing bouncing ideas. ideas Yeah. I, I was once called uh, the cheapest therapist my client ever had, and uh, I upped my rates shortly after that. But, uh, yeah, that was yeah, a hint. <laughs> I, I guess uh, the life experience part for me has helped kind of have more empathy and kind of relate to people a little bit better. So I think that's helped me a lot in my career is just, just listening and having empathy and being able to relate and, and just be a good ear for people. Yeah, I think that's a good thing to, to first kind of dive into a little bit, because I don't think that always happens overnight, right? That's something we learn through our experiences and stuff like that. And, you know, you're a veteran. So how about even the differences from, you know, Navy, like, cause you're Navy and actually our detachment deployed on a ship that you were on. Yeah. 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 This is Camden, uh, the mighty pachyderm. Of the <laughs> right. Yeah. AOE too. A love hate relationship. With yeah. That yeah. But what did you find as kind of struggles or how did that time help prepare you for your business career, really? Well, it's interesting because, um, you know, when I was a teenager growing up in L.A., I was I was always uh, getting in a lot of trouble and I, I really kind of was was not an academic. I was more about, um, you know, the school of hard knocks and, and uh, you know, being street smart, whatever. And so um, I uh, actually didn't really have any money set aside for college and, and didn't really have the grades to, um, to even think about college. So for me, going into the military was pretty much um, the only option I felt like I had at that time. I felt like uh, in L.A. at that time, too, was a lot of gang violence and um, just a, a lot of a lot of mischief and, and just things that, you know, were not going to lead to anything good. So so for me, going in the military was like uh, was the best option. And you know, I went in uh, when I was 17 years old. My mother had to sign a waiver thing for me, and I turned 18 while I was in boot camp. Um, my my father was in the Air Force. My grandparents met in the Army, and my great grandfather was in the Marine Corps. So, you know, fourth generation military guy, and and I just felt like it was the thing to do. For me, working those long hours that I did, especially while we were at sea, it really kind of prepared me for um, for owning a small business and, uh, you know, doing stuff that you didn't necessarily want to do, but but had to do type things. So, you know, it was a lot of hours, um, but, you know, I got my I got my VA loan. I got my GI Bill. For me, it was just that the benefits of, of for me going to the military. I mean, I'm still feeling them now, even uh, 27 years later after being removed from the military. 
I also feel this great sense of camaraderie with other people that have done their time in the military, whether they've been Marines or Air Force, Navy, uh, Coast Guard even. I, I just, I feel an instant camaraderie. So I kind of, everyone's been through this suck in one way or shape or form. So it, it's, it's helped me a lot um, in business. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it forces us to get to, it's like an accelerator of learning how to get along with all kinds of different people at one time. Cause you yeah. can't escape if you're deployed, whether it's ship, whether it's in, you know, the desert in a, on a camp, living in a tent or whatever it is, you're, you're stuck. So you learn to get along or you're miserable. Yeah, you know? yeah, absolutely. Well, it's interesting too, for me growing up in Los Angeles, like, um, you know, I grew up in the city. So, um, you know, and it was a melting pot. I just grew up with a lot of um, Pacific Islanders and Asians and, and blacks and Hispanic folks. And there wasn't a, a racist, uh, you know, thing or whatever. And it's interesting because when I got in the military, and I met people from other parts of the country. I realized, wow, this country is so um, diverse culturally. There's just so many, so many um, differences in people. And, um, but the same in that, you know, everyone kind of helped each other out, uh, in, in some way. And I, I like that about the military. I really miss that camaraderie that I, that I felt in the military. I think anytime you have that common enemy, whether it's your, uh, sometimes just your shift supervisor or your shift, training officer, chief petty or officer or chief, or whatever, yeah, whatever. Yeah, you know. So it brings a lot of people together, you know, and you're, yeah. and you're going through, uh, you know, sometimes fairly, uh, uncomfortable stuff together. Yeah. And that just is what builds teams. And I think that's, how, you know, sports, that's how you become team, right? You, yeah. You suck it up, you have common goals. And uh, I think that exposure to so many different people from so many different backgrounds really is, it's a gift. I think. Yeah, absolutely. It's experience. You're dealing with the volume of, of people and the, the personalities. And, and that's something that you we're going to do throughout our lifetimes, you know, and uh, knowing when to talk and knowing when to listen, you know? Yeah. I think it's a big thing. Well, you, you mentioned too, like uh, it helped prepare you for like the long hours of being a small business owner. Yeah. Even knowing, I mean, same for me, knowing that I'm um, like, oh man, it's going to be a lot of work. It's going to be a lot to put into it. Did you really comprehend how much it was actually going to be to get the business like to where it is now? Like, I mean, there's long hours, then there's like, holy crap. Yeah. Maybe I don't know if I'd have known this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know what? It's funny because I had somebody ask me a few years ago about a business plan. And I'm like a business plan. If I put together a business plan, I, I wouldn't be doing this. Like, yeah. there's, there's no way I, <laughs> I would have warned would myself, myself out of it, you know, you know, it's interesting. I, I, I talk to people that work for other people. It's interesting when you work long hours for someone else, it's a lot different than working for yourself, 100%. you know? And so, um, you know, being able to, to work those long hours, some people have it in them and some people don't. I see people that work nine to fives and I, I think that's great. You know, if, if they can make ends meet and be happy, provide for their families, you know, sometimes I wish I had a nine to five, but, but if I had to work for somebody that I didn't really care for, who didn't motivate or inspire me, I think that would be tough uh, for me after all these years uh, working for myself. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think that's a, another thing uh, with me when I left the military was wanting to try out not just the stuff we'd learned, but also kind of test yourself, right. And see like, you know, we all have people that we've worked with or for that we don't respect. And we have some that we just greatly respect, you yeah. know, and to be able to see what you can do to take the good from the good and leave the bad behind and, yeah. and just really put that to the test. You know, well, it's interesting though, because even the people that we work for that, uh, that we don't really care for or respect, we, we learn what not to do or how not to motivate somebody, how not to inspire people. And, you know, it's interesting. I, I had my first leader of men when I was in the uh, Navy uh, and he was my, my leading petty, petty officer and he was just a natural born leader. I mean, I, I, I respected him so much and, uh, and I just learned so much from him from a work standpoint and also from a personal level. And, um, you know, I lost touch with him. And then reconnected with him about seven years ago on Facebook and just told him like, Hey man, like, thank you, you know, for teaching me everything you taught me and for, for helping me, you know, and, and he was a, a black guy from the South, you know, and I'm a white kid from LA. He called me 90210. Uh, <laughs> it was his nickname for me. Um, but I think with how things are with um, blacks and whites, 
in the South is a little bit different than it is on the West Coast. And the fact that he took me under his wing is kind of like a, you know, th- this is a, this is America. We're all on the same team type thing. And, and uh, you know, I really, really, uh, uh, another thing that I respected him for is he kind of went against the grain. And as you know, like uh, sometimes in the military, we kind of stick to our own type thing, especially on the mess decks. You know, and I, I remember uh, being a white guy and, you know, going over to where all the blacks were and sitting down and, you know, everyone kind of getting uneasy and stuff and the conversation changing a little bit and all that. But I just did it for a fact. And um, I thought it was funny. Uh, and I think, uh, you know, eventually everyone else kind of made light of it and all that. So kind of immerse yourself, just get in there and, yeah, feel, you yeah, know, yeah, have yeah, some yeah. fun. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's, uh, you know, if you can't make fun of yourself, you know, it's like, yeah, right. You know, so <laughs> well, I, that's the best icebreaker too. Making fun of yourself is the best icebreaker yeah, in any yeah, situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I miss that a lot. That's uh, another thing you talked about, like you know, from the south or from different areas. Something that kind of I, I guess that I recognize after a little while in the military was that man, everywhere is not the same because we only have the experiences we have, and some people have only seen, you know, or only uh, really worked with, lived with, or, uh, you know, just been around maybe a hundred people. Yeah. You know, there's some places out there, you know, you meet someone and you're just like, there's people I've talked to and you're like, man, I, I probably, you know, there's only 150 people in my whole town and I went to school with nine, 10 people in my class type deal, you know, or, yeah. or in their school. And you're like, holy crap. And yeah. you start realizing what different worlds everyone comes from. Yeah, totally but we get to steal those experiences, like by getting to know all those people, we get to take a little bit from everybody we're around, which is pretty awesome too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. If you pay attention. So I think that that's another mindset thing too, right? You can look at everything as an opportunity and take the best you can from it, or you can, you know, just have everything sucky, like, you know, deploying a lot of it sucks, but you yeah. can take a lot of good from it too. Well, it's interesting because when I was in and just working those long hours and, and um, sometimes, you know, having to liberty being secured and having to stand watch and all this stuff that you go through in the military, you don't realize um, that later on down the road, how much good's going to come from all that suffering um, that you sometimes go through. And I think that's, once you realize, I think that in life, you know, that a lot of times there's some good that comes from bad things. You know, when bad things happen, you, you have a different approach to it. It doesn't affect you as much, you know, so yeah, yeah. that helped. You know, having a certain outlook of, towards things more positive definitely helps too. I have a, a good friend of mine who uh, love this guy. He's hilarious, but first met him. He's super young, actually on the Camden. He was part of the, he was a ship undesignated, just like there where we went out on one of the detachments and then he wanted to just go back and restrike for aviation. So he, you know, he came to aviation, then came to our squadron and uh, wanted to deploy again with us. So he did, you know, as a mechanic, a helicopter mechanic. And then you know, he did that and he's like, man, these hours are crazy. We were working super late. And it's like, dude, you asked for this. Remember you got what you wanted. And then it would be like, oh, the supervisor's like, man, this guy like must be nice to be in that situation. Always telling me what to do. And then like when you get promoted, he's doing, he's like, dude, this sucks, man. Everybody's coming down on me for everything these guys are doing. But it's funny. And he, and he's kind of a clown too. Like as in, he's making fun of himself a little bit too. He realized, but every time he's like, dude, I can't wait to get out of here. Go to shorty. He goes shorty. Holy shit, I'm working more, longer hours on shore duty than I was, you know, in sea duty. And then it's, he's, we would just laugh at him all the time. He's like, I know, I know. I'm got, I've gotten everything I've asked for and I'm still bitching. You know, I don't want to go to the next one, but he, but you know, and he was laughing stuff. He's actually a good, good leader too. Like he's taken all those things, but he's like, I honestly, each step though, did not realize the responsibility of how hard it is at that next, next spot. But it's kind of funny to watch through somebody who has, that sense of humor to watch it through them where they're like, it still sucks. You yeah. Know? That's the, uh, the, uh, never again, volunteer yourself acronym right. uh, coming into For play or anything. Yeah. 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 How about like, uh, what about that transition into business though? Like, uh, in the beginning? Oh, uh, well in the beginning for, for me, um, you know, personal training wasn't a thing when I got into it, it was, uh, you know, like housewife, soccer moms type thing and, and celebrities. So it really wasn't, a big thing. It just kind of grew over the years. And, you know, I actually had a girlfriend in the Navy that was a, a trainer and she was doing it and she was encouraging me to do it. And that that's kind of how I got into it. 
And, and I had the luxury of learning on someone else's dime. I, I worked for a big company and worked as a trainer and worked in a big, uh, you know, corporate gym setting. And, um, you know, at that time, that gym chain was doing very well. And I learned on their dime. And I came to a point where one of my customers said to me, he said, um, they're benefiting more from you than you're benefiting from them. It's not a mutually benefiting relationship you should consider moving on. And I, I thought about that. I was like, wow, it should be mutually benefiting. And, and you know, I am doing pretty well. And they're taking uh, more than half of the the money from that's being generated from the training and stuff. And so I started asking my, my customers about like, you know, if I went here, would you would you come with me? And uh, all but one went with me when I decided to leave. Um, my mentor at the time told me a year before uh, that I had outgrown the company and that I should consider, you know, doing my own thing. And him and I were the dream team. We, we did really well together and have records that will never be broken. And and I said, no, you know, no, no. And then when the time came, I, I, I left and, um, you know, it was it affected his uh, bonus and stuff. So I felt awkward about it and then, um, you know, made amends later on. But it, it was it was scary. I, I left with all my customers, but after about six months, I started losing customers and had to replenish. And so then I really had to put a lot of thought into marketing, which was something I, I knew about. The first job I ever had, I, I did marketing for a real estate agent when I was in fifth grade and I passed out flyers door to door and I did kind of the same thing and, and volunteered my time at schools and, and uh, rehab facilities and different things in the community and just kind of got my name out there. and did a lot of stuff for free, but it didn't feel like I was wasting time. I felt like I was helping people and that I was, I was um, doing what I was supposed to do in the community to build my name up, build my reputation. So, so yeah, it ended up working out for me pretty good. You've been doing that from San Diego the whole time, right? Yeah. As far as being on your January own. of 1995 yeah. is when I started um, working for the big company. I know, crazy. I know. Um, yeah, definitely a lot more grays, but uh, yeah, uh, not really. No, uh, not really. Yes. No. <laughs> not really at all. But a lot more grays for sure. Yeah, that's that's well. That's why I um, don't grow a beard. So much like you're like literally, it's like Santa Claus, and then it yeah. grows up and it spreads into the hair. But yeah, this part yeah. is brutal. I think you're doing pretty good. Uh, as long as I can keep okay. my hair, man, I'll be happy. Yeah, at this point, any little victory, right? Yeah, so right. Keep my hair. Yeah, I think all the hats that I'm wearing is affecting my hairline. So I'm, <laughs> I'm uh, let yeah. some sunshine yeah. in there, man. Yeah, covering the grays for sure. Something that we've talked about a lot in you know basically either like in training sessions or whatever because it really is kind of like therapy or or like a sounding board it's like having your own little board of advisors who's also telling you to quit being a you know quit being so lazy and fucking lift the weight but um you always kind of try to stay ahead of what's coming because there's lots of fads that come and some things aren't even fads some things are just different branches right yeah. like what works for you from from group classes, boot camps, uh, CrossFit, pers you know, like, you, you know, you're experienced in all of it, but you've managed to uh, whatever's working best for you at the time, stay, take all that experience and then incorporate it together. And in, now into really just individual, everything's individual now, right? Yeah. Individual I dove into, um, dove into group exercise. I started the first boot camp uh, fitness program here in San Diego back in May of 2007. And uh, was a little naive, and I thought that I would be able to parlay my one-on-one -on -one personal training um, success into group exercise, which is something I taught, but I never ran a group exercise business. And uh, I didn't know what I didn't know, um, and I, I learned a lot. Um, you know, I got into that right before the recession. And, um, it was just a, a different business model for me. Um, and it, it really, um, there are really no barriers to entry with that business model. And so within six months, there was like a million other fitness boot camps in town. And then, um, and CrossFit was gaining popularity at the time. And I, I decided to uh, affiliate with CrossFit. So boot camp 619 turned into CrossFit 619. And I really uh, enjoyed uh, CrossFit initially and in that it helped me to get in, into like turning intermediate level uh, fitness participants into a more advanced or elite level in some cases. 
Um, and I really enjoyed that part of it. There are no barriers to entry uh, with that uh, business model and that there was a million other CrossFit gyms uh, within a year and a half here in San Diego County. So it was like a, a cannibalistic uh, type of um, business model. And um, the camaraderie, it wasn't there. It was really kind of cutthroat. It, it became and um, and it just was uh, it. it um, I don't know. It was it was different. I felt like we were different in our programming because of my experience with strength training. I was able to apply that um, more into the group exercise and then do the wads at the end of the class. Um, so I felt like we were gaining a reputation for getting people strong at a very discounted rate. And um, it just toward the end there, I, it, just, it was too much. It was a lot of stress with employees and people coming and going. I just didn't really have a passion for it anymore, the business part of it, and, and decided to um, change my business model to focus solely on one-on-one -on -one personal training, which is what I'm, I'm good at. You know, I'm, I'm really uh, much better in a one-on-one -on -one setting than I am in a group setting. What I found with the group settings is sometimes there would be somebody super negative or just kind of uh, not really clicking or vibing. Um, and I, I felt like that person would suck my energy and it would take away from the people who, who did have the positive uh, can-do spirit and focusing back in on one-on-one on -on -one personal training, even if somebody's having a bad day, I've gotten really good at turning that bad day into a better one, a better day, a good day. And, and I would say that's my my strength is, um, is you know, getting people out of the uh, victim, poor me mindset and getting them more into the uh, conquer, can-do mindset that's needed for a lot of aspects of life. Yeah, you. Uh, I think I, I kind of thought your approach a lot of times was very, I mean, we really are your coach, but that's even on the one-on-ones, it's very much that kind of, I guess, atmosphere, that kind of setting, that kind of mindset towards it. Because, you know, growing up, like a lot of my mentors, that those were my coaches, right? Yeah. And they had learned what people need to do or hear at the time that they're in front of you then, right? So they yeah. know when you need to maybe be like, hey, I've just got to, it's time to test this person, work them a little harder. They know when it's time to just motivate them and give them some positive reinforcements. They know, you know, they, they, they have that kind of innate ability or they've learned how to recognize those things and give people what they need at the time they need it. Yeah. You know, and I think that that's something that is, it's probably a little bit just, you know, your personality in general, but there's something that has to be learned too, right? So it's people that apply their experiences and are able to do that. But it is, you're able to snap people out of a, a rough day faster, you know, and, um, and then obviously just come do your workout and, and kind of sweating out you're gonna feel the that. frustrations. Yeah. That's yeah. Help Take it out on the weights. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. for sure. But, um, for sure. I know we talked about like a little bit of anything and everything during, uh, you know, during, during any kind of, uh, workout and it was pretty good to, um, know that I had that opportunity, you know, for that hour, it's like, oh, dude, I'm at, something's bugging you. I'm just going to like Chris deal with it, you know, yeah. not even like deal with it, but you know, it could be anything like, oh, this girl is so annoying, like, you know, whatever. And you know, or this business problem or whatever. So it's kind of fun having somebody that like, isn't really judging and, uh, but also isn't tied to your every day, you know? So you're not laying something on someone else who's dealing the same thing you are every day or something like that. So that part's cool. Also knowing when it's time not to train. Um, I know like the last time when I came and I, had like the shoulder injuries and stuff like that. Just you knowing how to restrict and what to do to build those up. So that was awesome. You know, that really did rehab those, that, that was a game changer for me. And then when not to train because of, uh, I don't know, one of my morning, cause I never want to miss something. If I have an appointment, I'm going to be there. Right. That's, you know, unless it's an emergency. And I know, uh, one of the mornings I showed up, I was I would say very hungover, but maybe still drunk. Yeah. And you're like, all right, we're going to breakfast. You're like, I think we're going to go to breakfast yeah. today. <laughs> yeah. There's no way we're going to sweat this one out. Oh man. Gonna, that was a long a, night. We need a big uh, omelet of some pancakes to absorb all that alcohol. That was my favorite workout that we had. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Perry's cafe. That was yeah. so good. Yeah. But what, what do you think was your biggest stumbling block though, as growing your business? Because I know I, I always think that we learn the most from, you know, failures. And when I say failure, I mean, like really it's setbacks, you know, cause you don't fail if you don't uh, stop. Well, I, I, I think, um, 
I would say the biggest one was when I did the Groupon or when I had the Bootcamp 619. That was uh, January 11th, 2010. I ran a Groupon and uh, we sold close to 900 units and all 900 people showed up at once. Uh, basically, uh, almost 100, you know, once and I was a one man show, um, you know, I was, I was not prepared for that. Um, I'm not an organized person by nature. And, uh, you know, my five stars on Yelp went to like two, I think overnight. And, um, at the time Yelp was, uh, not really helpful with small businesses. They had a, a different approach to um, generating revenue for their business. And so um, I just said, you know, screw them. And I'm the one who ended up um, paying for it. Um, I think with uh, your reputation, you know, before the internet, it was uh, more word of mouth, but um, a lot of reputation as, um, you know, your Yelp reviews and Google reviews and this kind of stuff. And so um, I would say that was probably my biggest, I guess, stumbling block, you could say, but it was a massive learning opportunity for me. You know, when whenever you you have some sort of a obstacle or a stumbling block, it it really is an opportunity to learn something about your your business and and yourself and and try to um, adapt from it and, and and learn grow for sure. That's been the biggest thing. But it's interesting because I have a lot of small business owners that I train. And I learn a lot from them. Um, and so with the group exercise thing, I didn't realize um, the business model, which is probably if I, you know, went to do a master's program in business, I probably would have learned about biz different business models and, and how that works with, the, you know, the franchisee, franchisor business model or with CrossFit, the affiliate model and how that all worked. I just was so um, naive, but I had a lot of enthusiasm. So I, I just thought that was gonna, you know, uh, make up for it, you know, just so, yeah, with that. And enthusiasm and work ethic, that can get you through it. It might not make up for it, but at least it gets you through, right? Yeah, to the other yeah side. for sure. I feel like um, my enthusiasm going into it was very, very high. And then it kind of waned uh, toward the end there. Uh, just the long hours and, you know, just not uh, making uh, much of a profit. And, and um, you know, when the recession was going on, you know, not making my bills on time, which was a big thing. I think going through that teaches you how important service is and your relationship with your customers, for sure. Yeah. You talked about like the business owners that you train and stuff and, you know, you can learn from from them as well and we're talking to people when they're looking for connections it's something like hey do you have anybody for this or that it's funny i think of a few courts and i know there's many others it just maybe isn't uh, something that i've done in my life but like you like you know your trainer especially when you're doing one-on-one because it's talk time right so yeah. but they're working with so many other people that you yeah. may never cross paths with trainer Barber, my barber's connected me to so many people. Yeah. All right. So, so anyone, the only thing I'm missing out there, are like the really, um, really smart or well-connected bald people. So yes. I guess I'm missing out on the barber <laughs> side there. <laughs> and then like, honestly, the guy like, and he doesn't work there anymore, but the, the guy at the car wash I used to go to was the dude that tries to upsell you, right? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. so I love this guy though. He was super cool. He's always, I'm like, and it was almost like a game to us at that point. Like, all right, dude, like when we do it, but realistically, he was just a super good dude. And he was like, knew everybody because everybody gets their car washed. So that's the other dude you got. I'd like sometimes go get my car washed just because I needed a connection to something. Hey dude, I need somebody who can do this. Yeah. yeah. All right, here, call this dude. You know, it's, it is crazy. Like certain people, I don't know if it's because of the job they're in or if their personalities bring them into certain jobs where they just become connectors. Like yeah. you could have a whole business of just being a connector. Yeah. It's interesting. I, I, uh, learned the term connector through a, uh, a friend, Bob Morris, who, um, is a, was a fundraiser here in town, stockbroker before that and a USC alum. And, and he went to Bishop school in La Jolla. And Bob knew everybody. I would go to a lot of different events with him and people would just come up so excited to see him. Um, and I was like, man, this guy's just got this energy and he, he's just the life of the parties. He's a great guy. And he connected me with, with so many people over the years. And I never really realized what he was doing until somebody, I said, God, you know, I, I said some, something to somebody he connected me with and he said, oh, Bob's a connector. And I said, what's that? And he told me, explain. I'm like, oh, wow. And I, I'm like, I, I love that superpower. 
I want to be a connector. I want to connect people with other people that are in need uh, to help for help and certain things. And I've become very grateful in the people that I've met through Bob and the people that I've connected um, always come back. I, my accountant, Anton, I've sent him, yeah, Anton Ewing, I've sent him so many people over the years um, and they always come back to me. Anton saved me $60,000 this year. Anton saved me, you know, $30,000 or, you know, whatever. And they, they keep coming back. And so it's like, you know, Anton does right by them and it makes me look good. So I love um, sending people his way. He's a weird sort of genius, man. Oh man. He, that guy is so happy and so enthusiastic. He gets me excited about money. It's interesting because I just had a conversation with him recently. I said, dude, how are you so happy and positive all the time? And just like, you never have a bad day. Like, did something happen in your life that made you like this? And he, he told me, you know, actually this happened and he told me a huge story. And I was like, wow, I didn't even know that about him and and uh you know it's interesting because it's usually like one event that kind of just changes the course of your life that makes you you this happy positive person um and he he's that guy just like uh yeah he's he's great i I love that guy he he sees stuff in a different picture than like I'll ever be able to. And- yeah. Well, he's a beautiful, he's got a beautiful mind. It's like, uh, it, it, he finishes my sentences for me. He, he moves so fast and it used to make me real nervous. Um, when I first started working with him and then I realized I'm like, no, I, I need to just, it's naturally. Him. Yeah. I need to just listen and just be quiet and, and know, you know, to bring all my paperwork and he he's really really good he, he just like he's got one of those people's he reads something he remembers it and he's he's just fantastic he's great yeah, yeah. It, kind of on that just positive you know that energy really it's just yeah. an energy yeah yeah like i know there were times i'd gone in because you connected me to him for stuff and i'd gone in and uh I'd sent the information he needed before something or so I'm going in, uh, not always, it wasn't always just like the taxes, but it was like kind of planning for the taxes yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I would send the stuff and I'm going to meet with them and 50, you know, I get there and it's like, Hey man, what's up? And then it's like, dude, check out this new drone I got. Hey, yeah, look at this motorized yeah, surfboard. Yeah, yeah. And like 15, 20 minutes into the time. And I know he's got another appointment later, you know? And I'm thinking, we do, I'm like, Hey, well, do we need to go over? He's like, Oh no, dude. It's like, here, like really it's like super easy. You just got like decide this or this. Here's the pro, here's the con done. And I'm like, amazing. But he, yeah. because he grasps so much and it wasn't because it was a simple thing. It's just, he grasps things so well that he can simplify the most complex things into an AB decision. I'm like, well, shit, dude, you give me AB decision. Do that for me every day. I yeah. love that. I'll flip yeah. A he's really good at that. Yeah. yeah he's amazing. That's another, yeah, again, somebody with, uh, who knows how to utilize their talents. And I think that's a key for everybody. Everybody's got talents somewhere and it's like finding where they lie and how to, you know, exploit your own talents, I guess. Yeah. I just found a, a place for uh, fresh spring rolls in Hillcrest. And I'm like, uh, that's such a, a value. I just started texting people that live in that community. Have you been in this place? And yeah, like, you got to try this place. It's amazing. And then I get feedback from people who have been there already. They're like, oh, yeah. Where have you been? Dude? Yeah, exactly. You know, like, oh, I thought man. you were the connector. Yeah, I thought I was too. You know, <laughs> I, now, now I'm the last to know, you know. Um, yeah. When I, what about like uh, back on your side of the business thing, you know, your gym now massive, like that huge building stuff. But let's talk a little bit about like the opportunities, you know, because you saw an opportunity, took a leap of faith, educated leap of faith, yeah. you know, but let's talk about that a little bit. What a good move that was. Well, it's interesting. My, the building that I, I, um, I first opened a gym in 2008, January 2008. And the property owner was was amazing. He he was a great landlord. He really helped myself and the other small businesses get through the recession and survive, basically. And then my group exercise program and my personal training, it grew so much that I needed a bigger space. And so there was a space behind me that was available. And I talked to the owner and I ended up leasing it. And, and when I was signing the lease, I, I told the owner, I said, um, you know, if you're ever interested in selling this building, you know, I'd definitely be interested in buying it. Please, please let me know. And the opportunity uh, presented itself uh, four and a half years later. And um, I wasn't really ready uh, financially, but 
I, I, um, I knew enough people to, to make it happen and, and it ended up happening and, and thank God it happened because the real estate market here in San Diego has just blown up since then. And I'm in a very unique situation. I have a 6,000 square foot one-on-one personal training facility with 25 foot ceilings and roll up doors. It feels like working out outside. Um, there's nothing else like it at this time here in Southern California. And uh, I'm very, very uh, happy that it worked out that way. And it was really a matter of just working hard, working hard, working hard. The opportunity presented itself. And, you know, I made myself ready by talking to the right people and so forth. And, uh, you know, the, the building has like tripled in value in the last five years. My mortgage for the building is a third of what I would be renting the building for. And I never have to negotiate a lease for the rest of my my career, which is a fantastic thing. And um, I really love the space. And, um, you know, I'll spend the rest of my career there. And um Having that building, you know, made buying my last house a very um, achievable goal of mine. And um, and I wouldn't have been able to buy the house if I didn't have the building. And I wouldn't have been able to buy the building if I didn't have the house that I bought in 2003 that I continued to make payments on this whole time, even through the recession um, and all the equity and all that stuff. It, it really, it's consistent hard work. And, you know, this led to this, which led to this, which led to this. And, and, you know, like when I bought my first house, I didn't realize what I was doing by locking in a a mortgage rate, a fixed rate loan, and uh, no matter what, making that payment. It's so crazy. I look back on all of it now and I'm like, God, you know, I'm going to be be able to retire um, here in, in 13 years and and, and live off of my rents, you know, I'm not much of a, you know, stocks kind of guy. I just really like the, the real estate thing because I could see and touch it uh, type thing. And, you know, I grew up around real estate. My, my grandparents sold real estate part time. My mother sold real estate. The first job I ever had was um, was working for a real estate agent who is, is a dominant real estate agent up in L.A. and learned a lot from these people and and uh and just learned over the years, you know, it doesn't matter. Um, time heals all wounds. Buy when you're able, you know, if you're worried because the prices are high. Well, the prices are high, but the interest rates are low. So, you know, the interest rates are going to go up and then the prices may soften a little bit. But buy when you can. Even if you just buy a one-bedroom condo, it might not be as extravagant as your apartment. But just buy something and get into the market because, uh, you know, everything kind of, you're able to parlay that into your next place, into your next place, your next place. I listen to all these people. Well, I'm just going to wait. Like you're waiting while the tech industry is moving down to San Diego and all the prices keep going up. And the more you wait, the tougher you're making it on yourself. So you're being foolish. I just, uh, these people that are just not into taking risks, you got to risk, risk every once in a while. And, and I think some of it too kind of, if we look back even to the military time stuff, it's the people you're around, like how much bad advice was given out when you're on a deployment or you're around people all the time because someone's experience and it might be this tiny sliver of an experience of something. If they're the loud one, if they project that, then other people that are uh, easily influenced, that's in their head, yeah. you know, like, oh, you know, this is going to happen. Oh, this is a horrible thing. Yeah. Oh, I did this or that. Education is the key to yeah. like go out and find someone to educate you, whatever it is, whether it's real estate, whether it's business, whether it's you know, whatever you're trying to do, there's somebody, there are are professionals that will educate you. And you usually even have to pay for it. I know we're always like, we've talked before and, you know, veterans get into business. I I would share anything that I can, you know, in my experience, just because I don't want people to make the same mistakes. I know, yeah. You know, and I want somebody else to share with me their mistakes so I don't make those. Yeah, yeah. Mistakes can cost you money a little bit. You know, if you could learn from somebody else's mistakes. It's interesting, though, because I feel like a lot of people, um, myself included, when I was in my 20s, you know, I always said, you know, God, if I only knew then what I know now. Oh, yeah. But, you know, I was like, you're kind of, you know, I was kind of cocky, somewhat arrogant, where I was just like, you know, I wasn't as good of a listener, I think. And, you know, you know, I'll figure it out, you know, whatever. And then I started realizing if I just listen to the people that have been through all this, I'm going to make a lot more money. I'm going to save a lot of money and make a lot more money and just be happier in general. 
instead of this ego kind of cocky arrogance that um, that's common for you know young guys in their 20s i love the um the hard charging and the enthusiasm but at the same time you know show a little uh, humility uh, and and uh try to learn yeah there's so much to learn from everybody around you and there's always someone to do something better and that that's my key now is i just try to like keep surrounding myself with people or, or pass off the things that I don't do as well as I do to someone who does yeah, it better. Do what you do best and hire out for the rest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm trying to hire all of it out. Yeah. That's, yeah. You know, <laughs> no, but it is, it does make a difference and it makes a difference in your day then too, because the first year you are stuck, you're doing everything, yeah. right? Like you're the accountant, you're the bookkeeper, you're the, you know, uh, marketing person, you know, in your business. But then eventually as you get to piece those piece, those parts out, you can focus on the stuff that really makes more impact on your business and that you enjoy doing more. Well, it's interesting because I, I, it's for you, you, you've always in my time that I've known you, you've always, um, you know, you got to spend money to make money. You're not scared to spend the money because you know that eventually it's going to come back. You're, you're investing in yourself. You're always investing in your business. Um, and it is, it, it, you know, to see your business grow so much over the years. And, and then, you know, you have, you know, the people you work with doing what they do. And then you're out there talking to people, finding all the deals, you know, for your clients, which that last deal you did in PBI, I was a a great um, opportunity for the seller and the buyers. You, you create an opportunity for them. It's, you know, because you, you hired out all this stuff that takes up your, your energy and time, um, the stuff that you're not really love doing. And then you get to do the things that you love doing, being out there finding the deal for your clients and, and um, you know, making stuff happen. Yeah. Well, and it's like a cumulative effect though, because if you're out doing those things, and you're doing well, you're meeting the ne- another person who's trying to do the same thing. And then it, again, it comes that connector of, you know, you're helping other people help you Yeah, in a sense, you know? Well, I think, I think for you guys, uh, especially being the buyer's agent and, you know, the buyers know that there's 30 or 40 offers for that listing. So if you're the buyer's agent and you get the deal over those 30 or 40 other offers, I mean, you're the hero. And it's like, you've been doing that and now that's getting you into more and more deals you know and i i think um it's your personality and your communication skills i think that's that's really helping you it's interesting jay when when i went to your retirement (laughs) from the navy and seeing all these interesting ones yeah it was a fun it was a best retirement ceremony i've ever been to uh for sure it was the funniest i laughed and and uh just to see all the guys that work for you uh, come up and speak about you. I always thought you were a dirtbag, but, um, but <laughs> still, yeah, you know, but the, no, you know, all joking aside that just to see, you know, all the people that work for you and how highly they, they spoke of you um, just really cemented everything that I, that I knew about you as a person, um, as a leader, as uh, somebody that gets stuff done you know, no matter the cost. And, and, uh, yeah, I, you're definitely, you know, one of those people that's uh, very reliable and trustworthy and, and, uh, can, can make it happen. I love that about you. Yeah, it's great. Well, I, I wish I could take more credit, but also I've been super fortunate to be surrounded with like so many really awesome people, Yeah, you know what I mean? And not all of them are, but most, you know, there's a military team, real estate or whatever, but Man, like I definitely feel I get more than my fair share of good people, you know, put in my way. So I, I, I'm appreciative of that for sure. And so then really my only job is to recognize and going, yeah, we got to keep, we got to keep this person around, got to keep this person yeah. around. You and know? then do away with the people who, who don't get it. You know, the, the, uh, you know, those people are like energy vampires and they, they take away from what you're trying to do that's positive and to, to build, you know? So, Yeah. Yeah, but I, I guess you're, uh, I guess mostly the clientele side can really dictate how you feel at the end of the day, huh? Either going home energized after a long day or just be yeah. drained emotionally. Yeah, it, it's, um, well, it's interesting because if I have somebody that's got the bad juju, it takes me a couple few sessions to get it off. You know, I, I um, you know, and, and yeah, we all have bad days. Uh, uh, that's normal. But there's some people I see, they're just kind of like, um, they're looking for a misery bond, you know, of some sort. And, um, and I'm just not that, that person. Um, it's interesting because, um, that negative energy, you know, you, you, you internalize it from the others and then you don't realize that sometimes you're putting it off on the 
other happy, positive people in your life. And that's not good. You know, it's not fair to them. So I, it's interesting because the last couple of years I've, I've cut ties um, with people more so than I had the last, you know, 25 years before that, because I, I, I see it, you know, I don't, if it's not clicking or they're not really seeing uh, what I'm trying to do and, and help them, then, you know, just say this isn't a good fit. And, um, it, sometimes it just isn't. And, uh, you know, I wish you the best, but, you know, this isn't really working for either of us, you know, and so you need to find something that's going to work better for you. Yeah. I know I've had to make that decision a couple of times with, uh, clients, not that they're necessarily bad people, but they just are a beating. And it's not even like you're saying, as I have people taking on more and more roles within, you know, the, uh, you know, within the transaction. So there, there's like, you know, several really are dealing with like several people on my team, every, every deal. And when you can tell in them that they're just like, they're getting beat down. It's like, all right, cool. This one where it will get you through it. And then we, you know, all happy, smiling, let's get you through it. Okay, cool. Great. Glad everything worked yeah. out. And now it's time for you to, you know, find someone else for the next one because it's not worth it to put your team to yeah. that either. Well, and it's one thing. You're it's not like, the only one. You're going to verbally abuse me and, you know, I don't really, it doesn't really affect me all that much. But when I start seeing you do that to my team members or even more so even family members, yeah. like that's just, I'm not going to put up with that, you know? And so, you know, having that, uh, you know, sit down with them and say, Hey, just moving forward, this is how it's going to have to be, or, you know, we're going to have to cut ties and that's going to be that. And I've approached that situation and, and turned that around, um, many times as well. And, and just, uh, but being able, it, it's interesting because I find as I get older, these people who are not very they're not willing to take accountability for their actions. They're not willing to apologize. They're, um, you know, it's like, it's always everybody else's fault and they're the victim or this kind of stuff. It's like, you know, being able to put yourself in other people's shoes, look at things from their perspective, communicate professionally um, with a, a, a great level of respect. Uh, you know, it's a lot get more gets done. Everybody makes a lot more money in, in my in my situation, gets better results when they just everybody communicates effectively. Yeah, it, it, it's communicating effectively is, is uh, it's, I think the, the text messaging and the, the social media, I think people are kind of getting away from that. I really prefer to, you know, look people in the eyes and, and, and that, that um, face to face than the, the social media you know, soft touches and stuff like that. I love uh, Facebook for the birthdays. It's like, oh man, birthdays are awesome again. Cause I'm hearing from, you know, my cousins who I haven't talked to or my, my um, childhood friends. And, you know, it's great to hear from them, but I actually started writing birthday cards again. Um, because well, I got a birthday card. Yeah, and I got a Christmas card. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm going to. Who knew Chris Keith? Like. Yeah. Did Christmas cards. Yeah. It's, uh, I'm going Lindsay back to. Lindsay did it, huh? Well, Lindsay did yeah, the Yeah, for sure. She organized it all. Mm -hmm. And I did my uh, chicken scratches. But, um, but yeah, it's interesting because I, I got a, um, a thank you card. Um, somebody wrote a really nice note. And, and this thank you card I got. I held that thing for like five minutes, just reading it, rereading it. Re and I'm like, just feeling the stock of the paper. And I was like, man, this is. This was awesome. Like, you know, the, the words were very, uh, you know, heartfelt and really just sh this person showing gratitude. And I was like, man, I, I feel appreciated. It, it's really, uh, it's so powerful, this handwritten note. Not on your phone. Yeah, not, you know, yeah. And, and it's interesting. You know, I, I guess uh, I'm old school. I, I like magazines and I like the actual newspaper. You know, the, the iPad and the, the Kindle, this is, this is all great and everything. But I, I just prefer the touching the paper and flipping the pages type thing. And it's the same thing for those handwritten notes. Um, you know, those thank you cards and stuff like that. It, I think has helped me stay connected with my friends and family a lot better the last couple of years and, um, just lets them know that I really uh, appreciate them. And they're, they're very important to me, even though I don't see them all the time. It's interesting because sometimes I would reach out to people via text message or Facebook and, and they'd be kind of standoffish. And I'm like, you know, I'm not trying to get you back as a customer necessarily. I kind of just want to say hi. 
<laughs> get you back as a friend. Yeah, keep you like, as a friend. Just make know? soft contact, like a, a Dale Carnegie uh, approach or something. Is like, a, you know, I, I just want to have a, you know, a little bit of dialogue. Do you, you were important to me, you know, way back when, and, and you're still. I care about you, and I want you know that I see you doing good on social media and I'm happy for you and your growing family. But, you know, I wouldn't mind having lunch with you or meet for coffee and just see you face to face. You know, I think also too part of it is people may be self-conscious about their health and their fitness around me. My, my wife says this about me is like, people don't want to do wrong by you. They, they, they don't want to let you down. So, you know, sometimes they're standoffish or, you know, they're have a hard time having uh, these in-person conversations with you um, because of that. They feel like you're, they're letting you down. And I'm like, man, I, I wish I didn't have that impact on people. Yeah, Chris, I'll meet you in 12 weeks for coffee. I've got, I've got <laughs> I need 12 weeks to prepare. Yeah doubles and uh you know stairmaster uh, in preparation for a coffee meeting or something you know if i mean any of my people are listening to this i don't don't think that I, I think about that all the time what you do with your health and stuff unless uh we're working together one-on-one that's your own, own thing and i don't i try not to judge um you know self-destructive behavior but um yeah so there you go. Yeah. Now I'm like, uh, I'm like, uh, man, I should have like, I should have put this podcast off for like eight weeks now. See, I wasn't even thinking yeah, that, but now I'm no. thinking it. I, yeah, I see how I say how you're rolling now, no, man. I mean, I see you with your light beer and your skinny margaritas. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> you know, so. Stop putting mixer in my booze. Yeah, so, you, you know, know. I'm like, I'm taking baby steps, yeah, man. I think you're doing good. You're working in the right direction, Jay. You've always, uh, I mean, back in your uh, Navy days, you uh, were. Um, um, search and rescue. You, you've always had fitness. Um, you know, I, I think uh, you've always had something, whether it be cycling or a little bit of yoga, aerobic walking, you know, weight training. You always, you've always had something that you're working on. But I think a lot of times, um, you know, balancing a, a career that a small business, especially that's that you're growing, um, balancing your relationships with your family and friends, uh, balancing health and fitness, you know, that's that's the uh, the big goal for all of us. Um, I see so many people are, are like they're shredded, but their career job's not going well, or their marriage is in shambles or whatever, but they're shredded. Yeah, I think getting getting in good shape is easy, but balancing it all, yeah. I think is that's the the challenge for most of us. You know, for me, I, we just had a baby a year and a few months ago, and and um, I did not realize how hard it is with two kids. You know, balancing it all, uh, and my my own personal fitness program suffered a little bit, um, but I've, I've you know kind of turned that around uh, the last few months, and and uh, you know I'm back back to feeling balanced. Um, with all that. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's hard. I, I go through it too. So, and just like everyone else, um, where I'm motivated, uh, sometimes I'm not as motivated. Um, I think when we get older, definitely having training partners helps keeping us, uh, on task with that stuff, you know? Yeah. And for me too, I trading in some of it for like activities, like suck at tennis. It's like for me playing fetch with the tennis ball yeah. with a racket in my hand, yeah. but I get to get out and run around and have some, uh, you know, time with a friend, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, and be active and not Somebody, feel like, yeah, you know, like I wake up different from like, uh, time to go run. Yeah. It's funny. Cause I see people running and I never see people smiling while they're running. I, I don't say, think I've ever smiled. Before. Yeah. You know, when I swam my last lap before I retired from the Navy, yeah. Like, yeah, people are like, Hey, you want to go swim? I bet you missed that. No, yeah. no, no, I'm good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I'm fine. <laughs> I'm going on a boat. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I, I think that's the, the big thing now, um, is just having balance uh, with all of it. And I think, um, I think at this point for me, I, I people, I could see they start making these obstacles in their head with fitness and health and exercise. I think uh, just committing to, you know, just doing it, showing up is like half the battle. And, you know, uh, initially with fitness, making the goal of, you know, 30 workouts in the first 30 days or something like this, you know, just show up a type thing as far as like, you know, 6% body fat percentage, you know, 
you know, maybe later on down the line um, with that, but kind of setting up the goals a monthly. I think with business too is, uh, you know, the the key performance indicators and this kind of stuff. You got to break it down into small pieces and those small pieces, um, you know, eventually lead to the momentum. And then uh, once you have the momentum, things get a little bit uh you know, easier, you know, opportunities fall into your lap and stuff like that. But I think a lot of people just don't have it in them to create the momentum and that, you know, it's working your butt off for maybe several months or years and getting to that point where you, you get over the hump and then the things um, start getting easier a little bit, you know? And I think that's like in everything, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, absolutely. You do. Well, first of all, thanks for coming and taking time out of your morning Yeah, I, to come hang I, I out. I didn't mean to uh, go off on tangents and bore you to death uh, with all this stuff. Uh, you've been doing it for years, man. Yeah. Don't worry. <laughs> like, I'm used to it. Yeah, man. right. Um, but I, I, I guess we touched on a lot of things, Jay, that, I mean, I could go on for days about. But well, I, we can do it again, too. Yeah, let's do it again. But uh, I'll be um, a little bit less talkative. And, no, no, it's good. Yeah, it's good. I, That's what this is for, man. It's because it's just... What everybody's going through, like it's a lot of stuff that, uh, you know, you can unfold into how you get to where you are and stuff. And we'll get even, maybe we'll get into even more business stuff next time. Yeah, but. I, I really, um, you know how much I, I love talking about real estate. Next time, if we could talk more, even more about your business and, and uh, you know, how much growth you've experienced. I, I, I love talking about it. I love seeing the hustle. You know, that's one thing about you is, you know, even in the Navy, you, 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 you worked super hard. You went over and beyond, uh, to, to get things done. So yeah, it's exciting to see your growth. You have to come in for some of the workshops and stuff because those are fun too. We just do chill workshops on like the investing and stuff and just, and then you can, uh, you know, contribute to that a little bit yeah, too. Yeah. I, well, when's your next one? When's your next workshop? Uh, we're, well, if, if everything goes well with the, uh, contractors and all the paint and stuff for the off, you know, where it obviously people can't see it in here now, but like we're in a new, uh, new, just got a new office space. So the contractors working on it this week and nice. hopefully, hopefully by the next week it will be all set up and done. And if so, we're probably looking to do like three weeks yeah. from now. And, and Jay, if, if I go to your website, if I, um, is there like an email newsletter or is like an email uh, submittal that we just get on newsletter to get, to keep in the loop with all this kind of stuff? Uh, yeah. Depending on which one you want to do, you can go to the expertspodcast.com for the stuff on the investing things. And then we'll put out a lot of those. And then the other stuff will, will, will be posted from there. But yeah, that's a good, good question. But uh, yeah. yeah, just jump on there and fill it out you know, on expertspodcast.com and any of those things we'll do. And, and we'll get you signed up anyway. Anybody can send us at team at landingcollective.com and we'll put them on whichever, you know, we won't send everything obviously. Um, cause we're not kind of, uh, my, my inbox gets cluttered up enough. I don't do it to anybody else, but if there's people are interested in say investing or they're interested in learning how to use a VA loan or first time home buying any of that stuff, just say what it is. And we'll just, you know, then we can just send those type things. Awesome. What I want to get to is like, what about you? How do people reach out? Like, I mean, if you need training, you need um, therapy or even just knowing where the best cinnamon yeah, roll cheapest is. Cheapest therapist and, in you know, town and uh, best cinnamon rolls and accounting, accountants and yeah. barbers. You and need to that. be connected. If you need to be connected. Yeah. I, I think the, the best way to um, to get get at me is, uh, you know, uh, Chris Keith, personal trainer, Google, um, my website, stpersonaltrainer.com. Uh, people usually contact me through the website. Uh, after reading through there about me and my bio and so forth. I rarely pick up the phone. I'm usually an appointment most of the day. I sometimes have midday breaks where I can return phone calls, but um, but usually through the website or text messaging me is the best way to get a hold of me and has been for a while now, but always by appointment. Which is pretty awesome too, because you know that um, I, I really like that because you know that you've got that time is just for you. Yeah, You know what I mean? And it's not like in a little, uh, I mean, I've seen the, you know, personal trainers working in like nothing wrong with it, but they have basically a little office space and stuff. This is like massive. Yeah. I, I, that's the luxury of our gym is we can talk about any and everything without interruption and without, you know, other people overhearing our conversation. Sometimes when we're talking about personal stuff, I love that about my gym setting is that it's very, very unique experience in that regard. And I think nowadays, um, you know, the, the gyms are, it's kind of a dying thing. I, I don't see the big mega gyms. You know, I, th I think that the more boutique gyms have popped up and have had great success. People want more of a service oriented experience. 
and I think that's going to be a growing thing. I, I see the big gyms as kind of like a, it's hard to do that in, re, in the cost of real estate now. You put together a boutique mega gym. That's kind of what you've done. Yeah, you know? yeah, exactly. That's what it feels like with the equipment that we've added over the years and so forth. And, you know, that big equipment installation that we did last year. And we're very lucky. Yeah, I, I can't wait to, you know, see what happens uh, when this COVID stuff is completely over and people are back to being kind to others and generous. I think um, I think that the world has kind of uh, gotten a little weird with people and a lot of COVID fatigue and stuff like that. And, you know, maybe, maybe we'll talk about that next time I'm on. Yeah, you know, let's do it. Yeah, for sure. When is the next time? I don't know. We'll go mobile and we'll do it at the gym. Ooh, I actually like this have setup. Cooper the gym dog. I know, honestly, once it's all set, then I'll be like, and love it. I'll be like, okay, cool. I don't want to move anything anymore. Yeah, right. It's so great yeah. not to have to mess with stuff. No, this is great, Jay. I love this. The, the office, the feng shui, the, the people that you have working in here are just amazing. Got great energy, a lot of good things happening. And I, I think a 2022 year of the Jay Johnson. <laughs> I, I hope you're right, man. I hope you're right. No, I appreciate it. I really do. And we'll definitely, let's uh, schedule it and we'll get back and do this again here super soon. Definitely. Thank you so much. All right. Yes, sir. If you could use an inexpensive and super convenient healthcare option, I definitely recommend checking out Skill Mills Telehealth. For me, when I did the research, it turned out that their program worked well as a supplement to VA Medical. So that's the route I went. If you go to their website for the information, skillmill.com, that's S-K-I-L-L-M-I-L.com. Go to the top, click on the telehealth button, and it'll take you to another page with the information on all their programs. Super easy, super easy to sign up. If you click on the Get Started button, fill in a little bit of basic info, you could even use your referral code Expertish Podcast in the drop down. And then from there, they'll take care of you and you're all set. Definitely highly recommend checking that out.